Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wynette. Today we are talking with three local nonprofits, the Resiliency Institute, Chance for Sports, and the Greater Naperville National Charity League. watching Spotlight and today I'm joined by Connie and Isabella. They're representing the Resiliency Institute. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you both <laughs> here and I'm going to start right out with Connie. What's the Resiliency Institute? The Resiliency Institute is a nonprofit organization. We're local. We were founded by two Naperville residents, Jody Trendler and Michelle Hickey, uh, with the goal of giving people, empowering people with the knowledge and skills they need to build resilient lifestyles and landscapes and communities. And so we do that through our community outreach programs and design services for outdoor spaces and our educational programming. And um, all of this is based on permaculture ethics of caring for ourselves and others, caring for the earth and caring for our future. So we offer all kinds of classes like a bioregional herbalism certificate, um, edible wild plant certificate, permaculture forest gardening, and those are all long, um, long series classes with the certificate, and so they go for eight months and meet once a month, and it's a, a long, um, you know, really involved and detailed course with the certificate at the end. But then we also offer individual classes, like um, we've got forest therapy walks and farm and forest yoga, permaculture gardening classes and herbalism and foraging workshops, all kinds of things that build nature connection. Um, and then we also have um, Jody, our co-founder and executive director, is really involved with building community sustainability at a community level with uh, working with the Sierra Club and the Naperville Sustainability Task Force and doing a lot of um, good work that way. We love to collaborate with other organizations that are doing similar type work. Yeah, uh, you got a lot going. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You got a lot going. Yeah. And we could check out all of those offerings, those educational offerings online, right? Yes, and we have, uh, currently we have our early bird registration for those um, certificate series courses is open online right now on our website. Okay, good yeah. to know, good to know. All right, so Isabella, knowing yes. all of that about the Resiliency Institute, how did you get involved? How'd you hear about them and what was your engagement with them? Yeah, so I have been volunteering for two years so far at the Warrenville Illinois Youth Center, which is a nearby juvenile detention center, and doing Bible studies and doing group nights and, and having fun with the, the youth at the detention center, um, offering safe space for them. And during that time, I noticed this courtyard space, which was pretty un, unused and underutilized. And I was just, the, the wheels were turning about ways to, to use this space. And I read about a book about permaculture and loved the, the holistic idea of building resilient spaces and resilient communities um, that are focused on, on both plants and people. And I thought, we could do this here. This could be something that happens here. And so I, I found the Resiliency Institute online and got in contact with Jody and Connie. And the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's awesome. Yes. That's, so, okay, so now, Connie, how did the collaboration move forward? 
The first thing we got to do, we were so excited about her ideas and her project, but we needed to see the space. So we planned to visit over at the Illinois Youth Center and we got to go in and meet a lot of the people that we'd be working with there and learn about the system that's already in place. Mm -hmm. Permaculture mm -hmm. is a holistic design system. So mm -hmm. we needed to learn about the actual system that's already in place. It's a, it's a prison system, so they have things that have to be done in a certain sure. way and we were going to have to implement our design to work into that existing system. And so we also started talking to the people involved and getting feedback on what they wanted to see in this garden so that we were involving all aspects of the system um, so everyone was included in order to make it sustainable. And sure. so we got feedback from, um, like teachers said they wanted a nice shady outdoor space to work in. Um, mm -hmm. Counselors wanted a therapeutic garden space to talk to the youth in. and. Um, maintenance wanted to not have to be able to, you know, not have to be bringing their lawnmowers through the building and out <laughs> mm -hmm. into the courtyard. So they wanted, you know, easier maintenance. And, um, you know, so we just tried to get feedback from all parts of the system, the human component, the kids, what, what do they want to grow? They were really mm -hmm. excited about watermelons, yeah, you know. <laughs> which is so cool. Yeah. So that was the next step. And then, um, and then we had to start implementing it. And that was a whole learning experience too, because a lot of these kids have had no experience with, you know, even thinking about gardening. You know, there's, there's a difference between dirt and soil, and yeah. not everyone knows that. Mm -hmm. yes. And so, you know, at first a lot of them, they didn't even want to touch the dirt. You know, they want right. to get dirty. So just doing that and, and getting them comfortable with that and playing with earthworms and things like that. Okay. Was, every so aspect of it was a learning experience for them and for us. It was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, that certainly is a big collaboration there. But I, yes. I, the word that, that whole sustainability, you know, you that word can take a lot of different meanings, right? But as you were just talking about making sure that it would continue Correct. after yeah. you had left Absolutely. the premises. That's, That's really huge. interesting. So Isabella, what was your favorite part of this whole process? Yeah. So I think just my heart in this has been um, very much so seeing these youth as as people who as people right at the end of the day they're young people who are incarcerated they're in our criminal justice system and they could stay there right they could stay there um and they could just come keep on coming back but we don't want that right we want these young pe people to be contributing members of society so i think a really cool part of this project has been seeing the the value that these youth can bring and whether that has been has been getting their input put on what food they want to grow what plants they want to grow um, seeing them come alive as they're initially a little intimidated by the earthworms right, right. and then they're like all of a sudden like having fun playing with the earthworms trying to save them yeah. trying to save them exactly or initially they're like oh lettuce ew that's that's unsanitary and i'm like where do you think your your burgers and fries came from those came from plants too you know and then it's like it's like whoa and then it's like they see this little sprout and there's and i'm like it's a watermelon and they're like where's the watermelon you know they're like is it under there and it's like it's like you just see the wheels start turning about like the whole system of, of where your food comes from and and these young people that you know they they've been they've been pushed aside in a lot of ways and 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 we want to invest in them this project ultimately at the end of the day has been wanting to invest and see the potential in these youth and i yeah. You're, you're very it's been passionate. fun. It's I been know, really I fun. So, <laughs> yeah. so what do you need to keep the project going? And then we're yeah. going to toss it to Connie for the Resiliency sure. Institute. Yeah. So we need some donations. 
to make this project be sustainable in the long run, we need some donations um, through our GoFundMe site is, is really important. And then we need volunteers. We need people who want to be a part of this. Um, we need, we, yeah, the, the young people, they are the, the annuals mm -hmm. in this project. They are the, they come and they go and we pray that they, they, they go and they, and they right. thrive on the right. outside. Um, and we, as volunteers, will stay, we'll continue. The staff there, they'll stay, they'll continue, and we want right. to continue to grow those partnerships. And the perennials so. that keep coming back. Yeah, yes. absolutely, right. yes. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Connie, add to that, what, what do you need at the Resiliency Institute? As a nonprofit, we also need, just as an organization in general, we definitely need sponsors and donors to help keep us going and help us continue the type of community outreach that we do in the educational programs. And so for projects like this, too, we're really trying hard to keep costs low. We want this project mm -hmm. to happen. We're trying to source materials and and donations and things for um, inexpensive, you know, keep everything very low so that we can make it happen. We want, we don't want it to fail. We want the project to, to be a success. So we definitely need donors, but um, we also need volunteers, um, especially during the off season when, like right now, we're not growing anything in the garden, but we would still love to have volunteers be able to go to the center and work mm -hmm. with the kids. And there's plenty that can be done in the winter, um, in the Absolutely. summer when a lot of the college kids go home mm -hmm. and they're not able to be there. We could use volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, we have people who would like to do mindfulness and meditation programming out in the courtyard out there in the garden for the students and donations would help with that. So it's, it's really the same thing. So we can use it as, as a nonprofit in general and also specifically for for this project, for that project. Yeah. well yeah. listen thank you so much for coming by and mm -hmm. and what a great project and i'm super excited that you've reached out and what a great collaboration you have going yeah. so if you are interested in learning more about the resiliency institute please go and visit their website we're going to take a quick break but stay with us we're coming right back with more spotlight work hard and you want to see your efforts pay off literally whether you're dreaming of retirement growing your business or leaving a legacy for future generations at Busey we help you realize the possibilities of tomorrow we listen to your needs and goals to create a sound strategy for you and your family enjoy the achievements of your life and work we'll handle the rest Busey your dream our promise If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Monette, and joining me now from Chance for Sports is Dash and Luke. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Good to us. have you here. I'm excited to hear more about this organization. And so, Dash, I'm going to start with you because you and your sister founded it. Tell me why and tell me how. So originally, my sister and I, we were going to go buy some sports equipment because we played several sports. And... Um, as a middle-class family, it was quite a burden for us, and we've seen quite a bunch of poverty throughout uh, our traveling, and um, an idea just popped in our head that, like, why not just help them and help them pursue their dreams of playing sports, and so that's where Chance for Sports came. Okay, so you kind of looked at it and said, okay, this is a little tough for us, but it's got to be tougher for other people. Yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned that you traveled a bit. Yes. 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 Give me some. Give me some places. Uh, Curacao, Cancun, Mexico, um, Switzerland, England, um, Germany, India, 
So Luke, how do you get the gently used equipment? Sure, so during the summer we uh, go to door to door and then also we have uh, some fundraisers, fundraisers and then we also have uh, sports drives and then also uh, we, have, we are partners with the Naperville Park District and yeah. Okay, so yeah. if I had some gently used sports equipment, which I do, how would I get it to you? What would I do with that? You could email us or okay. That's from our website. Okay. And or you could contact us through our Instagram or Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Great. And then, do I drop it off to a particular place, or do you pick it up? Uh, we have a drive during the summer. Okay. And play it against sports. Okay. Or you could email us, and okay. we will either pick it up or you could drop it off at my house. Okay. All right. Yes. So really, we could kind of gather our stuff, and in the summertime would be a good time to come by because yes. you're not in school because yeah. you're only in ninth grade, which is yeah. kind of amazing to me that you came up with this idea. Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. It's impressive. Um, talk a little bit, Dash, about the impact that you think your organization is having, not only locally, because it's not just that you're sending things overseas, but locally as well as globally. Locally, we've donated to several organizations, including Mercy Home for Boys and Girls, Lifesong SOS, and Boys Club for Cicero, and as well as uh, Moose Heart School, in which we donated over 300 pieces of sports equipment to over 200 kids, which was a great help for them because they weren't able to afford it. And for Boys Club Cicero, we were able to give them over 50 pairs of baseball uh, cleats to help them with their baseball team, which put a smile on their faces and our faces. Yeah, I would imagine that feels really good when you get to see the, the yeah. equipment being, being received and appreciated so much. Yeah, and globally, we've actually personally went to Mexico where we gave leotards to girls who were aspiring to be gymnasts and that really helped them a lot because they weren't able to get that kind of equipment or yeah it's hard it's there. hard to do gymnastics without a leotard it's kind yeah. of the basic fundamental right yeah yeah as well as uh, in Belize there were these coaches where it, baseball was dying out and they wanted to resurrect it and so they contacted us and we were able to give them over 200 pieces of sports equipment including cleats to help them with starting baseball again, and that was a great help for them. I think it's incredible that uh, at your very young age, you have people contacting you from Belize yeah. to ask for your help and equipment. How good yeah. does that feel? It feels very good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, you were delivering a, a number of those uh, uh, pieces of equipment personally, but how do you work in general? Is it always delivered personally? Um, since it's out of U.S., we kind of don't have that ability to always go deliver mm -hmm. it personally. So we have to ship it, but now it's become a challenge for us because we it's coming out of my parents' pocket. And so that's just a big funding problem for us. Okay. Yeah. So as you think uh, a little bit in terms of our viewers, there's obviously we can donate gen gently used sports equipment. Yeah. I would imagine another need that you have is financial. Yes. But to cover yeah. those shipping costs. Yes. yes? So uh, those would be our two things. Are there other things that we could do to help you? Um, well, we're looking for organizations to help us with shipping because we're not going to be taking money as we are a 501c3 and a nonprofit. So, right. Yes. Okay. All right. So you would like to have partner organizations that come alongside you and sort of assist with that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Now, have you, as you've kind of worked, Luke, obviously, you're, you're working with this. Do you have other students working with you in the summer? Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. Kind yeah. of a big recruitment effort in yes. the summer? Yes. Okay, now you're from Niqua. Do you get kids from other schools? We do, actually, yes. Okay. Uh, we have chapters in Matia, Naperville North, and Wabonzi, and some kids who are running in their own regions that don't really go to a school. So. Okay, so yeah. that's wonderful. So not only are you helping out, but you're inspiring others to help, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's terrific. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming by. Yeah. I, I, it's amazing what you're already doing. I can't wait to see what you do by the time you guys graduate uh, high school and get on to college. This is a terrific uh, program that you're doing and really helps out other kids just like, not just like you, who <laughs> don't have the benefits of what you have, but kids who have, like you, who have the passion for sports. Yeah. So congratulations. If you would like to learn more about how you can support Chance for Sports, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but don't go away. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. Timing is everything, especially when it comes to your business. Whether you're ready to start up or expand out, running a business is challenging. You deserve a trusted partner. At Busey, we tailor our approach to your unique needs and help you navigate financial decisions, achieve your goals, and realize your dreams of success. Your dreams shouldn't wait. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome back to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette. I'm joined now by Anne Amina. They're representing the Greater Naperville National Charity League. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you here. And I'm going to start out with you, Anne. Give us a little bit of an idea about how the National Charity League started, and specifically here in Naperville. So the National Charity League is a mother-daughter organization, and um, it has three components. It's cultural, philanthropy, and leadership. And it started out in California about 60 years ago. Yeah. Um, and our first chapter in Illinois was the Greater Naperville chapter. And that started eight years ago. Okay. And uh, we were lucky enough to have a transplant who grew up as a, a young TikToker, which is what we call our girls. And she moved here and there was no chapter. So she looked into starting one and here we are. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, I've got to ask the question, TikToker. TikToker. Yes, yes. I, I just have to know what that is, so, <laughs> how you came to that name. A great story. So um, it started as a group of women who were volunteering for the Red Cross, and they would bring their daughters with them, and the girls would just sit there, bored out of their minds, staring at the clock, TikTok, TikTok, oh. TikTok. And so the moms came up with this great idea, maybe we should volunteer together and get the girls engaged. And so, and that was how the National Charity League began. So when they talked about the, the girls, they just referred to them as TikTokers and we still do. Oh, that's cute, yeah. I like yeah. that. That's, yeah. a great, yeah. that's a great story. Yeah. Mina, I'm gonna yeah. ask you, you mentioned philanthropies. So yes. talk a little bit about some of the philanthropies that you're involved in. Sure, um, I know that NCL is involved in, in Naperville in 20, over 20 philanthropies. Um, some of them are a Hesed House, anywhere around the Naperville area, Hesed House in Aurora, and uh, Little Friends in Naperville, um, the DuPage Children's Museum, uh, Morton Arboretum, uh, let's see, Naperville Noon Lions, and just a whole bunch of them. So a whole bunch of different philanthropies uh, that really serve 
populations that I feel that the girls don't really always experience. So mm -hmm. some of them are senior citizens and children with disabilities, uh, homeless people, and um, for the most part, it's anywhere within the Naperville area because like, like Ann said, we are the one um, organization in this area. There's a couple more in Illinois, but we service uh, any of the philanthropies or volunteer organizations that might need our help. We take on new philanthropies um, depending on a couple of probably each year. Okay. So we're still gaining philanthropies because we yeah. have so many members that we're looking for new organizations that we can volunteer at. So we try to reach um, different populations. So if there is a group like right now, we're looking to um, take on a philanthropy dealing with animals where we can help mm -hmm. some sort of, you know, we just we're able to do that now and we used to not be able to do that and so um, we're really excited to take that on but yeah we just want to be able to reach different populations mm -hmm. so Operation Support Our Troops, Gigi's Playhouse, just a variety and it gives our members a chance to um, try new things, mm -hmm. kind of get out of their comfort zone so they're able to choose the philanthropies that they're excited about volunteering at with their daughters and, um, and then there's just a little something for everybody. That's yeah. good. I mean, yeah. I think that's nice because sometimes you find your passion that way, right? Absolutely. I mean, right. You know, people volunteer and then, you know, when you're young and you try a number of yeah. things, mm -hmm. then that kind of helps also with where do I want to be when I grow up, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's that's it's very valuable. Yeah. Now, and leadership, because that was another part, right? You talked about philanthropies, yeah. but you also talked about leadership. So give us a little bit of an idea of some of the types of leadership experiences that both moms and daughters could get together. Sure. So uh, Mina and I are both on the board. This year I'm the president and next year Mina will be the president. Mm -hmm. So we have a full board of um, patronesses of the moms and we run traditional board meetings and make decisions that we have the patronesses vote on throughout the year. We have bylaws and all of that. So we, we're, we're a true structured 501c3 organization. But um, every patroness, every mom in the organization has a job. So it could be a chairperson, mm -hmm. it could be a, just a, a committee member. Um, we have liaisons for all the philanthropies that we work with, so they're inputting hours and information mm -hmm. on the calendar. We have um, people in charge of social media, newsletters, again, uh, just a variety of positions. So moms can uh, do what they're comfortable mm -hmm. with and then maybe the next year get outside their comfort zone and try something new. Uh, we also, all of the girls have positions, right. so we've divided them into six grade levels. 7th through 12th grade is the program. Okay. And each grade level, they have their own board and they have their own job. So every girl has a job. And by the end of it, they're running their own meetings yeah. using uh, Robert's Rules of Order and making motions. And it's this, the leadership that that is just incredibly valuable for these girls and to accomplish that before they go off to college. Yeah, that's wonderful. So, I mean, both I, again, you're doing it on both the mom's end and you're doing it on yeah. the TikTokers end. And the so, TikTokers, right. Yeah. So they kind of get to shadow, like, the moms, like, whatever position we have. I think in the um, TikToker grade levels, there's a shadowed position as a, as a patroness or a mom because okay. we're called patronesses. Okay. And so that's nice that they can kind of mirror what they're, you know, the adult member is doing so yeah. it's a great way to learn right yep. it's yeah. on the job training Absolutely. and they again can learn what they like to do so yeah. that's a you know mm -hmm. and find out oh you know I liked doing that I liked being the treasurer I liked being the corresponding secretary or yeah you know, well it's all about experience mm -hmm. yeah and um, so which kind of leads me to my next question Mina yeah. give us an idea of some of the cultural experiences that you've offered 
they're six years, like Anne had said, and each year they focus on a different cultural event, whether it be an art show or a musical or something um, involving uh, Chinatown or some completely different culture. And one of the ones that uh, we had gone to was a um, Hispanic cultural event at the Paramount, and I was surprised because the entire event was in Spanish and the girls were the only ones that couldn't speak English. So that was very um, eye-opening for them. Uh, I, I feel as if one of the most favorite ones was at the DuPage Symphony Orchestra at Wentz Hall when they were able to watch the, the, um, them practice and get ready for a performance yeah. they were having for the weekend and having a behind-the-scenes behind look at everything. So things that they would probably never experience necessarily. So those are a couple of them. Yeah, and I would think when they go as a group, I mean, that's part mm -hmm. of that. When yeah. you go as a family, it's one thing you talk amongst yourselves, right? But yeah. when they're going as that larger group, they're probably having some very different conversations with their peers yeah. about that cultural experience. Right, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Now, if moms and daughters in 7th through 12th grade were interested in getting involved in the National Charity League, how would they go about it? Well, I would, I would just direct them to our website. And um, all the information is on there. More information about our specific chapter and also the national chapter, just the national organization, kind of give you a flavor of everything that's going on in NCL. And uh, when we are registering seventh grade girls, we actually do it during their sixth grade year. Okay. So registration is going on now in November and December and ends January 15th for this next year, so. Okay, so do you mirror the school year? Is that kind of how it works, or is it a calendar year? Um, it's, it's, we have our own special calendar. Okay, <laughs> I very like it. special, our year. <laughs> we um, get new members in the spring, and then um, the philanthropy calendar year actually begins April 1st. Okay, yeah. I like it, yeah. all right, yeah. why not have your own We're calendar, special. right? We have yeah. our own calendar. <laughs> That's terrific. Well, yeah. listen, thanks so much for coming by and sharing the information, and it sounds like you're doing lots of good things, not mm -hmm. only for your members, but also out in the community, so thank you. If you are interested in finding out more about the Greater Naperville National Charity League, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. If you want to learn more about the organizations featured on this show, please go and visit our website at nctv17.com. And to stay informed about what's happening in your community, sign up to receive our daily news update or like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernette. Thank you for watching.